Well, greetings all of our family and friends. We want to welcome you to our uh, prophetic podcast, our Freedom Global prophetic podcast and we're we're believing that God is going to minister to you greatly as you hear the word today. I am the senior pastor of This Rock International Ministries, Nathaniel Leon. I'm glad to be with you. I'm going to give you just a minute to join in if you're watching us live on uh, a few of our different platforms, whether YouTube or Facebook, or if you're listening to us on our uh, Charisma Podcast Network. We're praying that the grace of the Lord would abound and that as you hear today's uh, teaching, uh, the wisdom and the favor of the Lord would overwhelm us so that we would be prepared for what God is doing and yet about to do. The Bible says there was a tribe in the Bible. They were called the sons of Issachar. And one of the things that set the sons of Issachar apart is they could discern the seasons and the times and what Israel should do for the, for the, for the moment, for the season around them. I want to encourage you. Uh, this is what we've been called to do, to be discerning, to position ourselves in not just prayer and agreement, but also in a place of understanding the purpose of the Lord and to walk as sons and daughters of God and change our generation. So as you're coming in, uh, those watching us live on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook channel at This Rock International Ministries, the Lord bless you. Those of us on your on the Charisma podcast, God bless you as well. We're praying the favor of the Lord. Good to see you, uh, Rosina. God bless you. Welcome, Nicole. Uh, welcome, Angie V, Sister Angie V. Let's, we're going to go to the Word of God in just a minute. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to do the work of the evangelist, whether you're watching us on three different or listening to us on three different platforms, share that message. Uh, let somebody know about the goodness of the Lord. I always say uh, something the Lord spoke to me, that we should do the work of the evangelist. What is the work of the evangelist to share the good news? How do we do that? You can hit that share button. You can hit that uh, like button. As you're doing that, we're believing that God is going to add grace to the hearers of the word. So, so good to see you, Sister Valerie. Welcome to the broadcast, Sister Deborah. Blessings to you, Daniel Vargas. So good to see you, Soto. Blessings to you and all the way and your family all the way from Visalia. We pray God's grace. Wherever you're watching us from, I'm praying that God's hand would be upon you and that we would encounter his goodness and his mercy in a mighty, mighty way. So we're glad you're here. We're praying his goodness and his mercy abound and that his favor be with us in all that we do today. So I'm going to prepare to get straight to the word of God and pray in just a moment. Uh, thank you for sharing the broadcast. We're believing that the influence of the kingdom is going to go throughout all the four corners of the world. Here's what the scripture says, that the gospel of the kingdom must be preached to all the world as a witness, and then the end will come. And this is the grace of the Lord. Greetings to you, Prophet Sherelle. Uh, God bless you. We're praying that the grace of the Lord and the, the power of, of God would be established in every area, in every city. And this is the vision of Freedom Global podcast is that God would bring freedom to a generation that no matter what nation you're in, no matter what city you're in, uh, I'm representing the United States, but I believe God has freedom for South Africa, freedom for UK, freedom uh, for London, freedom for Canada. How does that happen? By the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of God. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to continue that topic. Thank you for sharing the broadcast. And let's start with just a brief word of prayer. Lord, we ask you for the grace of your spirit to be upon every hearer of the word today. Give us wisdom, give us knowledge and counsel. Give us the mind of God. I ask you that you open up the eyes of our spirit, that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what thus says the Lord. I pray for wisdom and revelation to flow. Thank you that your goodness and mercy is abounding and that we are being transformed 
into the glorious image of the sons and daughters of God. Let your transformation flow, let healing flow and speak to our hearts. This we ask in Jesus name. And if you agree, say amen. Amen. Uh, good to see you as well. Uh, Sister Anna Rosa, blessings to you. Uh, Romans 8.21 is our key verse for the podcast. Uh, Romans 8.21, the Bible says, because creation itself shall also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of God. So I want to encourage you, creation is going to see deliverance, everything created. I'm going to uh, preference this again briefly, that everything that exists was made by him, your Bible says, and for him. It's all for the glory of God. The Bible speaks of something called the restoration of all things, where everything is reconciled to himself. But I want to encourage you listening, those that are listening by the spirit, those that are watching uh, on, on, on any of our different platforms, God wants to bring deliverance to your sphere, whatever's around you, your family, your home, your children, your jobs situation, your financial aspect. God wants to bring glorious liberty and remove bondage and corruption. This is God's mindset. Here is verse 21. He says that that creation itself will be delivered from bondage, which is slavery through corrupt leadership through corrupt systems and those in authority that do not have the nature of God. Good to see you, Sister Corinthia. Good to see you, Sister Mary. Thank you uh, for joining the broadcast. Uh, But God wants to move us into the glorious liberty of sons and daughters of God. Let me encourage you, what you're going through as a child or daughter of God, as a son or daughter of God, that the nations will experience what you're battling with and what you're, 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 you're contending with. I'm going to go back, if you would, uh, just a couple of verses back down to verse uh, number, we'll go back to verse 18. We're in 21 of Romans 8, but we're going to go back to verse 18. The Bible says, for I reconsider or I reckon that the suffering of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory or his glory, which shall be revealed in us. God hid his glory in the earth vessel. God put his spirit in us. He says, the treasure is in the earthen vessel. He says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. The kingdom is not here or there. It is within us. So everything we need, everything we're looking for is in God and God is in us. That's what Emmanuel means. Im, which is in man of mankind, L, which is God, God in man, not just with us. You can have your phone with you and you can leave your phone behind. You can lose your keys, but if something's in you, it goes where you go and it is a part of you, God in us. And I want to tell you, because he's in you, he wants to come out of you. But here's what verse number, uh, uh, verse number 18 says, we must reconsider the suffering, the trial, the test, the opposition, the warfare, the battle. See, something happens to a man or woman when they've been in a trial for a long time. Sometimes we talked about this a few weeks ago. The trial gets inside of us. You can go through a famine so long you look like famine. You can go through through warfare so long that, that you get used to, to, to trials all the time and you become shell-shocked. They have something that soldiers or, or, or people who've been in war or even gang members that have been in street wars, they have uh, PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And now you're expecting trauma. But I want to encourage you, the trial you're going through 
and the warfare you're going through is not to destroy you. It's to bring the glory of God that is in you out of you. The suffering, the word suffering there in the Greek uh, verse number 18, the word suffering there is the word uh, pathemia. It means suffered. It means uh, affliction. It means opposition. It means pressure. It means endurance. So the endurance we're going through, the, the pressure is not to destroy you. It's to bring the goodness of God out of you. I want to tell you there's a healer inside of you. A blessing, Sister Nadine. So good to see you all the way from South Africa. It is not to destroy you. It's not to overwhelm you. The problems you're facing, the, the battles you're going through, it is, it is to bring what God put in you out of you because he knows what's in you. He said, for the, I reconsider that the suffering of the present time are not worthy to be compared with God's glory that shall be revealed in us. You've got God's glory in you. You've got miracle working power in you. You've got yoke destroying anointing in you. You've got the, according to the scripture, you have the same God that rose up Jesus from the dead that has come to live in you. And so the suffering, the pressure is about uh, aligning us to see not us, but God in us. But the word that the key verse to this whole thing, verse number 18 again is the word reckon. Now the word reckon there is the, you've heard this before. I've taught this before. It's the word logizomahe. It is the word logo and mahe. It means to rethink based on a revelation, to reconsider what you're going through, to change your mind to, to at what you're going through and see it from a different light. See, this is very difficult to do when you're going through financial problems or you're going through marital problems or you're dealing with sickness in your body or there's a bad report against your family, against your child, uh, uh, whatever it is, whatever the opposition that is coming against you. Uh, here is the scripture. The Bible says in the book of Acts that the, the apostles were beaten with many stripes for preaching Jesus. They were beaten with many stripes. And the Bible says that once they were beaten, the Bible says they were, they were cast out and they were commanded not to preach that name anymore. Uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 23. Uh, Acts chapter 16. Uh, this, this is also another place the Bible says where Paul and Silas are, are chained to a wall. And Paul and Silas are at midnight, uh, Acts 16, 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, prison, charging to the jailer to keep them safely. And we had seen when they had received such a charge, they made their feet cast and hands cast with stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas sang and, and, and prayed and gave praises unto God. I'm going to read that again. Verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God and the prisoners heard them. You understand the opposite thing that we want to do when we go through, the apostles are doing. Another place the Bible says they were also beaten and they were uh, afflicted and they rejoiced that they could suffer for the cause of Christ. See, when we reconsider what we're going through, your recovery is beginning. Your recovery is starting. When we reconsider that the thing we're going through isn't about us, it's about the glory of the Lord. When we reconsider and there's a change of mind, you're going to begin to see the beginning of your transformation in the issue you're dealing with. In order for things to change out there, it's got to change inside. Bless you, Sister Eunice, Sister Margaret, so good to see you. Before the thing gets better out there, it's got to change in here. And the Bible says we must reconsider, we must reckon, change our mind based on a revelation about what we're going through. We can get upset, 
We can get bitter. We can get angry. We can get frustrated. And those are natural emotions. We can grieve these things. Again, these are natural emotions. But the Bible says, let those that grieve, grieve no more. Take off your mourning clothes. You see, see, the Bible says, let, let, me, let, me, let me take you to the scripture. The scripture tells us that, that one, of the, one of the things the barren must do is they must grieve no more. The barren must grieve no more because they're going to, they're going to bring forth more than the one that was with child. I want to encourage you. God wants to, you to bring forth. God wants the grace of the Lord to be seen. And the Bible wants us as his spirit to bring forth. We're going to bring forth more. Repeat after me. Say, I'm going to bring forth. I'm going to bring forth more, more than they were, they that were with child. We're going to look at this in just a minute. The scripture says, let, the, let those that were barren rejoice for they will bring forth more. And this is our, our, our constant, our constant uh, uh, belief and our, our constant be, becoming aware that barrenness doesn't have authority over us. That barrenness doesn't have power over us. That barrenness isn't going to keep us. That we're going to bring forth. We're gonna we're gonna have harvest. We're gonna we're gonna see multiplication in money and what man, money cannot. We're gonna see multiplication in money and what money cannot buy. Let's go to. Let's go to the book of uh, Isaiah. Fifty-four and verse number one. All right, here's what the scripture says, Isaiah 54, verse one. It says, sing, O barren that did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud for thou did not travail with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch forth your curtains, your habitation, spare not, lengthen the cords and strengthen thy stakes. I want to encourage you. Look at verse number 54. God says, what is the position of one that was barren? This is biblical. Biblically, the Bible says that Rachel and Sarah had the same issue. They couldn't give birth. And the Bible says such grief had overwhelmed them. Now, of course, uh, of course, by nature, we're called to multiply. By nature, we're called to have children. So anytime there's a delay in having children, it's, it's a grief, even in our generation. But in that culture, if you couldn't have a child, something was wrong with you, you were cursed. So for Sarah and for Rachel, they said, give me children lest I die. A barrenness had come. The Bible says Samuel's mother went before the altar and pleaded for that child that if you'll give me this child, it'll be yours. But there was a grief and a sorrow. And that sorrow and that sadness was the cloak. See, what we don't understand is grief is keeping you locked in an old season. And God says we've got to sing, O barren, and break forth into singing and shout and change and let joy come because joy will change your circumstance. The Bible says joy of the Lord equals your power. So reconsidering the sufferings and getting the spirit of uh, heaviness off of us and putting on a spirit of joy. Isaiah 61, go there as well, tells us that we must exchange What's on us, 61 verse number three, it says we must be exchangers. God says he wants us to appoint to them that mourn in Zion to give us beauty for ashes, 
uh, the spirit of the Lord, uh, verse number three, to appoint to them that mourn, to give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we would be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he would be glorified. How will God, how will God get glory when we learn to exchange? I'm talking to someone on the line who is going through high water and warfare and battle and opposition. I'm talking to men and women who are in battles and in opposition and it looks like nothing's going to change but at midnight God is calling you to sing, to pray and to rejoice. I'm talking to women that have lost and, and men that have lost spiritually and naturally and it feels like there's a barrenness, there's a drought, there's a lack of fruitfulness hitting your life but I'm telling you the Bible says he's encouraging you. It's time to sing. It's time to rejoice. It's time to, to celebrate because you're going to bring forth more than those that were married. You're going to bring, you're going to accelerate. Bless you. Uh, so good to see you. Uh, Prophetess Kathy. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining the broadcast. You're going to bring forth. You're going to manifest the kingdom of God. You, you're going to you're going to accelerate. But how does that happen? There's got to be an internal shift before there's a there's an there's an external shift. Nothing ever happens in our lives till we get the victory inside. Till we mentally, till we emotionally trade the ashes for beauty. Till we trade the spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise. Till we trade the oil of joy for grieving and mourning and loss. Mourning is a sign of loss. Celebration is a sign of victory. God says, I want to turn your mourning into dancing. I want you to take off the grieving garments and put on the garments of life in Christ Jesus, because in the kingdom, you don't lose anything. And this is what God wants us to see and wants us to understand. You're going to bring forth more. I want to tell you the only time. See, so the reason Hannah was delayed with Samuel, because there was great destiny on Samuel. The reason Sarah was delayed bringing forth Isaac and, and Rachel was delayed in bringing forth Benjamin and bringing forth Joseph because there was great destiny. Only time God delays something in our lives, it's when greatness is attached to it. But the Bible says when, when uh, Rachel was about to bring forth Benjamin, which is the right hand of God, she called them Benoni. Now, Benoni means son of sorrow. You want to know why she called them son of sorrow? She was about to die. She named her child sadness. And this is what we do, not understanding what we what we speak and what we display and what we birth, our children will walk in. And we wonder why children are depressed. We wonder why children are, uh, are going through these emotions because whatever is on the head is on the body. And the Bible says the, the husband did the right thing. I'm, I'm talking about, uh, I'm, I'm, the, the husband said, no, 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 we're not gonna name him Benoni, son of sorrow. We're gonna name him son of the right hand. And he he renamed the baby. You cannot name your season sorrow. You cannot name, no matter what you've been through, no matter what the devil took from you, the, the Bible says, if the thief be found, he must repay seven times. This is Old Testament. The New Testament says 30, 60, and 100 times. Deuteronomy 1.11 says, I'll make you a thousand times more than you are. God is a God of restoration. But there are laws to restoration. There are laws to health. If your soul is healthy, if your mind is healthy, your body will be healthy. First John says, Beloved, I wish above that that you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. When your soul is healthy, your body can be healthy. Are you hearing me? He wants us to have a, a season. Look at verse number two. Go back to Isaiah 61, two, to proclaim 
a, a favorable year of the Lord and the day of justice and judgment of our God vengeance to comfort them that mourn. What does God want to do? Comfort you. What does God want to do? He wants to heal you. What does God want to do? He wants to restore you. He wants to make you well from the inside. So we're not tormented. So we're not grieving and grief stricken. He, he, he's ready to raise the dead. He's ready to heal the sick. He's, re he's ready to do the impossible. He just needs faith in the earth. Go back to Romans 8.21. It says the creature shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty. Go back to verse number 18. I reconsider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be, be revealed in us. This is, uh, bless you, Brother Justin, so good to see you. Sister V, so good to see you. This is an imperative truth that when you realize what you're giving cannot compare to what you're receiving, you change your mind. You, you have a different attitude. You have a different perspective. Uh, you've heard men of God teach this, and it's a leadership principle that attitude determines altitude. How you see things, how you perceive things determines how high you will go in the kingdom. Do you see things the way God sees them? Do you see things the way the earth sees them? Are you looking at your circumstance and saying, well, I'm giving more than I've yet received. I've laid more out to God than I've got back in return. And, and there is a, an erroneous doctrine that says I give expecting nothing in return. Well, I understand what you're meaning. That's a beautiful heart. You're not giving to get. I understand that. But that's removing the nature of God. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that God is a rewarder. He is a recompenser. Whatever a man sows, that is what they will reap. Hebrews 11 6 says uh, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. And when we sow good, we're going to reap good. When we sow evil, we're going to reap evil. There's a system in place. But it is erroneous to say I've done good and I've sown and I've given and I'm not going to reap. It's, it's something that's meaning well to say, well, I'm not giving to get. I understand that. I'm not giving because I want something. But I understand I cannot outgive God. I understand that what I've given cannot compare to what I will receive because God watches my sacrifice. When I lay something on an altar, Galatians 6, 9, uh, we're going to talk about this again. I'm, I'm talking to some people that are going to reap. They're going to reap mentally. They're going to reap emotionally. They're going to reap spiritually. Bible says that let us not go weary in doing well. I'm going to say this again. Let us not go weary in doing well for in due season. We shall reap if we do not faint. Now remind you, let me remind myself. Sometimes the flesh doesn't want to do right. Sometimes the flesh doesn't want to serve and give and pray and fast and minister and do the things we know to be right. But let me remind you, let, let me encourage you. God has seen your sacrifice and whatever you sow, that which you reap. I'm going to say that again. Go back to verse 7 of Galatians chapter 6. Now, this is a good thing. Some of you are listening to me and you say, I've given and I've prayed and I've fasted and I, and I sowed and I, I did. I served. I did. And, and where is the recompense? I want to tell you, your recompense is on the way. But there must be a change of heart so that there can be a change of mind. And when there's a change of heart and mind, you will see a manifestation of what you're believing God to do. Look at verse 7 says, do not be deceived. 
God is not mocked. Mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. This is not all just a, a, a fearful, negative, God's going to get you scripture. This is a law. Whatever you put in, whatever you invest, whatever you sow will come back to you. This is a law. And this is a good term. Paul is, is telling us we can sow to the spirit. We can invest. I'm not asking you for anything. I'm telling you, you've given, you prayed, you fasted, you've sought God. Now expect for God to receive that seed and to put a harvest behind it. For he that sows unto the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. I'm in verse number eight now. Corruption. They shall reap corruption. The word corruption there is the word pithora, destruction, perishing, uh, perishable, a lack of sustain. There's something called perishable items. So when you go to the groceries and you come back from the grocery store, you, you put your perishable items away first. The ice is highly perishable. It'll melt. Uh, bless you, Sister Jackie. You put away the, the vegetables and the things that the, the, the things that need to be refrigerated because they have a certain environment because if they if they are not put away quickly, they will go to waste. But there are other things that are called imperishable items like canned goods. Certain things that no matter what the environment around them is, they can sustain. They can remain. I want to tell you, God wants to make you unperishable or imperishable. He wants you to, he wants you to receive a consistency that no matter what the world around you will, you will not perish, but the economy can be up. The economy can be down. There can be wars and rumors of wars and you and your house are fine. There will be oppositions around you, earthquakes, nation against nation, but your house is built upon the rock imperishable. But what kind of, what kind of, um, faith does that require that requires steadfastness in the mind in the emotions sometimes we're too emotional i can speak for prophetic people we are emotional as a prophetic people which the end time church will be in the last days god will pour we may not all be prophets we may not all walk as a seer but as a prophetic people in the last days sons and daughters will prophesy we can be so emotional and feel so much that we let our emotions take us the wrong way. We're supposed to be talking about freedom global. How do we have freedom externally if we don't have it internally? If your mind is not well, if your emotions are not well, if, if inside we're not succeeding, how can we ever expect for God to use us to do anything? So we've got to go through more process and more develop. And God is not angry at us. He's a good father. He's patient. But I want to tell you, he said that he which sows to the flesh shall of the flesh, flesh reave, receive perishable reward. Seasonal things. But the Bible says, but he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap ex eternal life. Now, everlasting life is not just duration. It's, it's consistent. It never stops. It's in this world and it's the, it's in the world to come. So eternal life or everlasting, look at that word very quickly. The word everlasting is the, is the, the Greek word, uh, from the word eon or aeon, aeon, which means ages, eon. So it is the beginning, the end, that which is, that will be without beginning and without ending. So we think eternity begins when we die, but it actually started before we got here. 
It actually, eternal life or everlasting life is not just duration, but it is quality. It is life in this world and in the age to come. Bless you, Brother Michael. Welcome to the broadcast from South Africa. It is life in this world and in the age to come. It is life before you got here and it'll be life after. If you realize your trouble won't last always, sir. If you realize your battle won't last always, your attitude will change. That before the world ever existed, before there was a devil, a demon, a power, a spirit, a force, a sickness, a disease, God was here. And heaven and earth will pass away before his word ever fails. And when you get assuredness in your heart and a confidence of this thing, God can bring it to pass. But as long as we're not sure, as long as we're double-minded, as long as we believe on Sunday morning and don't believe come Wednesday or Thursday, as long as we're back and forth, we can't see the fulfillment of the promise. Not because it's not real or God didn't speak it. The platform, the gateway, the, the, the measure for God to do what he said starts in your mind, in your soul, and it completes in your heart. That when you really, it's called being, let, let me give you this, the Bible calls it being fully persuaded, completely convinced. Repeat after me. I want you to write this in the comment session. I, I'm fully persuaded. That means I'm completely convinced. Romans 4, 21, being fully persuaded means you are completely convinced. Now, I, I, remember, I remember a time in my life where I wasn't completely convinced. And I don't say I have it all together. I don't say I have all the answers. I'm not saying that. But I believe this thing enough to risk my life. I believe this thing enough to risk the life of my family. I'm betting everything I have on the word of God. I'm betting my future. Everything I have is on God's word. That's one thing I figured. Maybe like Paul, I haven't attained it all. Neither have I become complete. But one thing I'm I'm forgetting the things with our behind and I'm pushing toward the things with our before and I'm stretching toward the prize of the mark of the high calling. And you must do the same. You must realize what else is there. I'm, I'm completely convinced. Romans 4.21 and being completely and fully persuaded that he which promised is able to perform it. You want to know who this is about? This is about Abraham. You go back a couple verses and God is talking to an 80 year old man. His body is broken down. He's talking to a, 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 a man who wouldn't bring forth Isaac till he was 99 years old. And Sarah would be more than 90 years old, elderly, crippled. And God said something. Imagine looking over at your wife. Imagine looking over at your husband and you're 90 plus years old. You're, you're gray and you're crippled and everything's, it, it doesn't, nothing works. Go back and the Bible says he didn't consider. Verse 20, Abraham did not stagger at the promise through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Are you listening? The Bible says he, he didn't stagger in faith. He gave glory to God. We've all been there. The bills come in. How are we going to do it? I, I have no idea. The issues with the, with the children show up and your mind begins to try to calculate how it's going to get better. You look over at the things in your house and it looks like it's not going to change. But I declare in the name of Jesus, you will not stagger in faith. But your faith will not fail. When we fail, our faith will not fail. When we fall short, God is going to give you power. Look at verse 19. And be not weak in faith, Abraham. I declare you're not weak in faith. 
I declare your faith is being shown. I was talking to somebody last night and they said, you're different. You're built different. I said, no, I just believe. You know, no, no, you're built different. You you just can believe and you have that kind of ox faith. And, and I want to declare that's a gift from God. I'm going to pray that that thing hits you today. We don't have everything together. We are not perfect. But the one thing we are trying to realize is that if God said it, what is there to fear? If God spoke this thing, he cannot lie. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the devil tells us, no matter what the bank report says, no matter what the doctor's report says, no matter what the government says, no matter what, what the economy says, no matter what the school system says, your God will keep his worth. Heaven and earth will pass before his word ever fails. You have to be persuaded. Be not weak in faith. He didn't consider his own body being dead. That means his body, he was an old man. He was past the, the opportunity of having children. The, the factory was closed. That's all I'll say. The plumbing didn't work. The shop is shut down. He did when he was about a hundred years old. When he was being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, no, old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. His wife's womb was dead. His body was dead. And God rose it from the dead because a man dared to believe. He dared to believe in the face of impossible situation. Verse 21, being fully persuaded that God, which had promised, was well able to keep the promise of God. Now, I know we don't mean this. We, 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 don't, mean, we don't mean to second guess God's promises, but that's what these conversations do. You're going to have to be vigilant and you're going to have to be fierce against these words and these suggestions that it's not going to happen. It's never going to change. You're never coming out of this. God spoke it. You're not going to see it. You missed it. God's not with you. They are words and they don't belong in your ear. They belong under your feet. I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to somebody. Romans chapter 14 Verse 5, one man esteems one day above another, another esteems every day the same. Let every man be fully persuaded in his mind. Are you hearing me? You're going to have to be fully persuaded in your mind, in your heart, completely convinced inside of you, inside before it works on the outside. Jesus had to be fully persuaded, completely convinced. The Bible says he grew in wisdom and stature. I'm going to pray with you in a moment. Romans chapter 8 verse 18. I reconsider that the sufferings of this present moment are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in you. You must reconsider that. And then that, that groan and, and yes and, and that battle you'll celebrate in the midst of your trial. You'll celebrate in the midst of your war. And we're not going to grow weary in doing well. For we shall reap because we shall not faint. There will be a performance of what God said. Verse number 19 tells us, Romans 8, 19. For everything, for the earnest expectation of creation is waiting on God's sons to believe. God bless you, Pastor George. Are you hearing me? Everything created is waiting for you to believe. Everything that exists has no hope without Jesus in us. Let, let me remind you that you, that you and I are the bride of Christ. 
We are also called the, the body of Christ. You are his hands. You are his mouth. You are his temple. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And without him, the earth has no hope. But where does he live? He lives in us. So all of the earth, everything created is waiting. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of creation is waiting for God's sons and daughters to be revealed. Verse 20 says, the creature was made subject to vanity. Everything created is in vanity without God's sons being in authority. When Adam fell, the authority of the earth was transferred. And it went from a son ruling the earth to now chaos and anarchy. Because the, the, the leader of the world, the leader of the planet, Adam, took the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and took a different word, a different mindset. He changed his mind and instead of eating from the tree of life, now he knew evil. Now he knew shame. Now he knew guilt. Now he knew separate from the mind of God. And he was driven out of the land he was meant to rule in the garden. And now a slave to a system he was meant to rule. But there would be a second Adam. Bless you, Sister Yolanda. Bless you, Pastor George. There's a system waiting. The earth is waiting. So everything is in vanity. Everything. Buildings and land and property and television studios and cities and schools. High rises. Everything that exists became subject to vanity. When God's sons and daughters do not rule, there's a curse on the ground. There's a curse on the land. When the righteous rule, the Bible says Proverbs, the land rejoices. When the wicked rule, there's a groan and a cry and a sigh of sadness. Righteousness elevates a nation, but sin is a reproach. It's a shame. It's a curse upon every people. Are you hearing me? God needs you. Everything existed. Everything that exists came under a curse, came under a law of vanity, vain glory, devoid of appropriateness, perverse, depraved, devoid of purpose. Now it exists, but it has no purpose. So it groans. Everything cre created became subject to purpose. Lessness, not willingly, but by reason that subjected in hope. Verse 21, because the creature or creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage, slavery of corruption, corrupted leadership who don't fear God. And that's in every area. Bless you, Pastor Lorraine. So good to see you in every area, in government, in education, in family. Bless you, Sister Rose. So good to see you, Brother Danny. Everything created, everything that exists, the White House, government houses, governor's houses, mayors, everything that exists, it will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glory that produces freedom of God's sons and daughters. 22 says, for we know everything created, everything that exists, everything created is groaning in pain until now. For we know all of creation is groaning. Have you ever felt a groan, sir? Have you ever felt a longing and a deep cry? And you say, what is that? What is that groan? The Bible says everything groans. Verse 23, but not only they, but ourselves also, 
are groaning within ourselves. So creation is groaning because you're groaning. You're tied to systems. I'm out of time. You're tied to realms. They're waiting on you, Moses. A generation need to be free. You got to go through the years in the wilderness. But when God brings you out of that wilderness, you're coming out with power, Jesus. Jesus went into the wilderness and came back with power. Moses went into the wilderness and came back with power. Elijah went into the wilderness and came back with power. God brings us to our wilderness season, not to destroy us, not to, not to, not to cast us away. He's trying to build men and women he can trust because everything created shall be delivered. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to ask God to give us strength to endure the challenges that we are facing. The battles we're going through, there's nothing that you are facing that is not common to man. There's nothing you're going through that God says, I'm not going to give you a way of escape, a way out of this thing. But I've made a way out. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, as we prepare to pray, this will be our last verse for today. How do you handle it? Do you have joy? What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, kindness, temperance, meekness, gentleness. There are nine fruits of the Spirit, emotions, and there are nine gifts of the Spirit, demonstration, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of miracle, gifts of healing, gifts of faith, tongues, interpretations, nine of them, nine demonstrations, but there are nine heart postures. You can't control everything around you. God can, but you, you got to get victory over this and victory over this, your heart. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, there is no test, temptation, trial. The word temptation is there, pirosmos, experiment, trial, proving period tempering there's a proving period do you really believe it sir or is it just words ma'am do you believe this thing and I declare you do believe it I declare you will see the promise of God I declare it shall come to pass there is no testing period that has taken you that is not common demand what that means is there's no test you're going through that millions Hundreds of thousands are not going through. Every test you're taking, it's a common global problem. Child not wanting to serve God. Marital attacks, sickness, disease, financial issues. What you're going through, there are many going through. And you're not going through it for you. You're going to do it for them. Because when you come out of this, you can bring them out of this. But God is what? Faithful. Oh, I said, we've got to realize God is faithful. That no matter what, God is faithful. That in the middle of what you're going through, I'm going through, God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able to take, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. That means a way to be well, a way of deliverance, a way of victory, a way out of this, aggress, an exit. Not a, not, a, not a running from this thing, but a promotion period. How do, you, how do you promote out of this thing? How do we advance that you may be able to endure this thing? How do we do that? 
We, Because we realize that with every test, God made a way out. That before the trial ever came, God already sent the answer. Before the sickness came, he already sent the healing. Before the bondage came, he already sent the liberty. Before the lack came, he already released the provision. That with every test, there's already a way out of that thing prepared. How do we get to it? We've got to open up our eyes and see. We've got to believe. We've got to trust. Are you hearing me? I'm going to pray with you. You're listening to me. God said, I'm not just going to bring you out, sir. I'm not just going to heal you. He is. I'm going to use you to heal others. I'm not just going to deliver you. I'm going to use you to deliver creation systems around you. I'm going to pray with you. I want to tell you it's not more than you can take. God is going to help you. Lord, I pray according to your word that those under the sound of my voice would be strengthened in their inner man, in their inner woman. That whatever they are facing, whatever they are dealing with, the power of the covenant of the blood of Jesus would strengthen them now. That they would be fortified and they would be they would be uh, uh, strengthened and empowered and, and that the grace of God would, would cause light to shine in the midst of the darkness. That a boldness would come, that a confidence would come, that they would receive from you. A boldness that can only come from knowing God is with me. Here is what the Lord said to Joshua. And here's what the Lord said all over the word of God. Be not afraid. Do not fear. Be of good courage. For I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said in the New Testament. I will be with you even to the end of the age. Don't you fear man that can destroy the body, but you fear the one who can destroy the body and the soul and heal. Don't fear that thing. You put your trust in the Lord and he will make sure you come out of this thing. I pray over my brother now. I pray over my sister now for they were called to bring liberty to their generation. I declare that there will be a global freedom, a global liberty that comes prophetically throughout this nation and this generation. I pray over men and women of God now. I ask you to heal, to touch, to deliver, and to save everywhere we need that to be done. We seal this according to the working of your power in Jesus' name. If you agree, somebody say amen. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Somebody say it's already done. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, on our podcast today, we pray that this was a blessing to you. We're asking that God's goodness would abound in every area. I want to encourage you listening again. The suffering cannot compare to the glory that's about to come in your life. So again, this is the senior pastor of This Rock International Ministries, uh, Nathaniel Leon. We're praying God's goodness and grace abound and that this broadcast bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.